Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. A lot of churches and people, when it comes to talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, people really just all of a sudden start getting uncomfortable or things like that. But today I want to just challenge you to drop all your understanding of just or perception of how things are done because the thing is, it's in the scripture. It's it's the word of God and it's a living word. So if people that criticize people that are praying in tongues or people that are, um, you know, are criticized, oh, you know, what, what does that mean? There should be order and things like that. You know, there's times for, there's different moments, there's different prayers. And we've been over the course of the last couple of months talking about different prayers. There's intercessory prayers. And we have to understand as a full believer, you need to be fully equipped of everything. So if you believe in praying in tongues, but then you don't do other things, it also doesn't matter as well. So you can't just have all the, the whole body needs to grow together evenly, right? All the gifts need to develop. And I just challenge us as a church, this season that we're in, God is moving us. God is working with us directly. Uh, I was just floored even last week when we had Nels and Lori Church here, right? And everything they're highlighting is everything we've been talking about last six months. I'm like, come on, Lord. I mean, God tailors messages for us, specifically for your church and for your family. Because let me tell you this, because once God works with us, because God kind of revealed this to me one time I was praying, I was like, Lord, uh, it feels like we're here right now. We've grown. And then we kind of hit a plateau. What's going on? And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. I'm working individually with everyone. You see, the Lord wants to work with us individually on our lower because when the people come, the other people that need a lot more help, you'll be prepared. And I just, I want to challenge us not to just do a church on Sunday as a regular kind of a part of a, just your checkoff list, but something that you come in, it's like a pep rally. You come in and you get to go with the believers, it's like a bunch of hot coals coming together. And when you come together, the fire starts, Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to highlight a little bit what was happening so people are aware of the history of Pentecost and uh, of Acts starting with chapter 1, verse 4 through 8 I'm going to read and then we're going to do Acts chapter 2 and then Acts continue on just a couple of them just to highlight, okay? Um, on the occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Okay? Uh, but you, but I love that he redirects them like, when's the end time? When's the end time? And a lot of Christians are like, where's the end time? When's the end time? They're like, no, 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 no. Okay. But, here's your focus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And this is what gives us strength, right? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the Matsu Valley and all across Alaska and to the ends of the earth. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. This is when this went down. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Okay? There was one unity at other uh, translation says they were in one accord one spirit right so the key for the holy spirit to move is unity when we're standing and this is what i mentioned during the prayer it's so important that when we pray we're not like well who's he praying my wife's not praying i ain't gonna pray like when there's unity 
when you drop your everything of your understanding of your perception of how you grew up and understanding about prayers, there's things that are called corporate prayers, you know, when people pray together. And you begin to just pray before God yourself, right? You will receive that benefit and blessing. You're not waiting for a right moment, right song, right chord to hit that spot in your spirit. And then you're like, yeah, Lord, okay, now I can pray. No, you begin praying because we're people of faith. We're not people of feelings, right? Faith is contradictory to feelings. You don't feel like praying, start praying even more during that time. Amen? We talked about the importance of prayer. And I just ask and challenge every one of us to continue to develop our prayer language and move. And if today, like, you know, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, if you think that, you know, you walked, you know, you know the Lord and everything like that, but you're not receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit, times that we're living in, it is so vital. It is impossible to sustain if you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the demonic forces are out. The evil is so pure and it's out there. I mean, it's after our children at an early age. It doesn't take much to look around and see all the chaos is happening. And if you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to sustain in this time. But God called us for such time as this. I like to always say that God trusted us with this time. People are scared sometimes because we are like, oh, cool. The pandemic's over. Uh, we don't ever know. Like, uh, a month from now, a huge earthquake can hit Alaska. It can happen. I remember when the earthquake, uh, that tsunami hit Japan, and you're watching these waters flood in and just rush. It's, just, it's even creepy watching those videos on YouTube. Just water coming in through the town, just washing everything away. Things like that. So we have to understand that difficult times will come. The scripture warns us about them. It says uh, that in, in this world, you will have trouble. It's guaranteed about it, right? That we will have challenges. But... But here's the key. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, what drives us is what gives us the ability to stay. Because when that power comes on you, if, and if today you don't have, you're not walking with that power, you're, if you're like, hey, I don't know what it is. Thankfully, praise God, God let on my heart. I originally had one message that said, hey, you need to teach a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times we don't know because, you know, we don't have knowledge about it. And so I want to bring up some key points here. Let's continue reading here. Um, Acts chapter 2, continue moving, verse 12 through 18. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them, and they said, they have had too much wine. <laughs> you know, the thing is, when the Holy Spirit moves, there's always going to be people that criticize. There's going to be people like, these guys are crazy. I'm telling you, I was, I was a Christian, and I, and I, and I judged. I've, I'm guilty of that because I was like, all right, Holy Spirit moves. He's going to do everything so flawlessly. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we can never replicate. So when God sometimes moved in previous seasons where people were falling in the presence of God, and then next thing you know, he could do this and that. Next thing you know, a person that you would have least expect all of a sudden, like, gets saved and starts prophesying. Who would have thought that Saul was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit? He was just murdering Christians. And here he is being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's moving in power. And people are like, what? Okay, now we know Holy Spirit can operate in such a way that we cannot expect. So I'm telling you today, uh, drop your... Um, perception of the Holy Spirit because he creates always something new. He will purposely do the things in the way that you cannot imagine. He'll minister to you through your child. And you'll be like, Lord, thank you. All right? Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to talk about that a little bit too, about what he does, about the conviction. Anyways, I'm getting too excited. I'm supposed to be teaching. Now I'm preaching. All right. <laughs> Verse 14. So 
Peter's like, some however made fun of them, and they said they had too much wine. I love Peter's response. He always comes in clutch. Like he's, he has, <laughs> we talk about Peter. I love that. But he says, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Let me tell you something. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. <laughs> I just love his understanding. He's like, who's drinking this early, guys? Come on. No, this was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes, <laughs> it's just like it's people who are ready. Woman or child, doesn't matter. You'll come and pour out. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. It's amazing. I'm telling you, a few days ago, we got into this intercessory pray, prayer. Uh, for those that don't know, Christina's niece, that's her sister's the daughter. Um, she, we've been praying for her. She was, had leukemia and things like that. And then she came back to Alaska. Um, she was all cleared to come. And then while she was here, she was just, her liver was just having issues. Uh, and so she was had to be medevaced again back to, um, to Seattle. And so we were praying. God already done numerous miracles. And uh, we were praying in the evening with our children. It's amazing how much they pick up on it. And I remember just praying. I said, guys, with our, I'm speaking to my children. I was like, let's pray. Let's pray for Elisa. And uh, I'm amazed because, like, I want to say half a year ago, uh, Alita received the gift of praying in tongues. Uh, now, she's a child. I want to make that point. It doesn't matter what age the Holy Spirit come, you know, that gift of the Holy Spirit of speaking in tongues can come on anybody, you know, a person's desiring. And he did, the Lord filled her. But she's still a child. You know, she will have around where she's still getting discipline and stuff like that. But I'm amazed that when the Holy Spirit begins to move there, when she started praying, and she started speaking in tongues, she was praying. And her prayer, I'm like, I've never heard a prayer. I was like, that was Holy Spirit interceding through her for Alyssa. And her t the tears are coming down. And I see her hands uh, raised, lifted high. And I see Ryan looking at her, uh, and they're starting to pray. I mean, the Lord really moved. I mean, we were just floored. It was just the most special moment. And I'm telling you, so again, today I want to say, so the gift of the Holy Spirit, any spiritual gifts, it's given to the person that wants it, okay? If, if, you can, if you're going to say, hey, I will never do this, okay. You, you won't have all the full access to it, <laughs> to all the benefits of the Holy Spirit, and I'm just challenging you today to see where you're at with that before the Lord, okay? But anyways, I think I want to give a little bit more teaching, just what it means and the, 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 a little bit more details of the Holy Spirit and what helps him operate in our life easier, right? So here, Peter's saying it's only 9 in the morning. No, this was spoken to the prophet Joel, okay? So in the last day, God will pour out his Spirit on all people, right? And I'm telling you, it's so amazing, your children, and if you were raising them in prayer and things like that, they start seeing visions, uh, they start seeing, uh, th they start seeing angels. I mean, it's a testimony. Christina, when she was younger, you know, her and her sister saw angels regularly, uh, around their house. And I, I thought I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's interesting. And then I had my own children, uh, because their heart is so pure. That's what scripture always tells about. If you don't become like children, right, you don't become that simple. You won't, you, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Like that's what the kingdom of God is based on is your 
your childlike heart because you're not overthinking it. Because the moment you start putting logic into it, <laughs> you, you cannot explain. We logically cannot explain the Lord himself, God, the heavenly thrones, right? And the Holy Spirit and how he operates. So anyways, but, but when we begin to just come into surrender, the Holy Spirit moves, right? So they, when they were standing, they had no clue. They had no previous experience of what it was going to be like. But they were just in one accord. They just said, Lord, we're here. <laughs> it's that they, everything, they had everything in common. So today, I challenge us. Yes, we have different understanding of things, different perceptions of how things can be done in our lives. But there's certain things that are common ground, you know. It's the unity of the Holy Spirit. It's what unifies the body for us. It's what allows the Lord to move in our lives. So the title of my message is, Hello, Holy Spirit. <laughs> You know, the reality is, is because it's a relationship. It's a friendship. It is something that you wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit. And so many of us have been told, right? We've heard about the scripture, what it means to walk in the spirit. We read about it in the scriptures. Uh, but many don't know where to begin. So that's why I like about bringing it down to us to, to a teaching level where we can understand. Uh, the truth is that in order to walk in the spirit, we must start talking to the Holy Spirit, Right? So, um, any kind of relationship, it starts with communication. You don't just, like, come up somebody, I'm marrying you. And next thing you know, you're just, like, married, right? <laughs> no, it's a relationship. You begin to start talking. So, it's very important. Any, the Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with us. So, the Bible teaches us the Holy Spirit actually wants to indwell within us, right? Uh, he wants to have a fellowship with us. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So in this verse, we're immediately seeing three points. There's a verse that says that Jesus gives us grace, right? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus gives us grace. God gives us love. And the Holy Spirit gives us communion. Okay? This is the Wi-Fi network. Come on, right? This is something like the, when the Lord said, it's, when I leave, I will send you the comforter, right? It's better. It's like the continuous connection to heaven. It's actually where you're continuously connected to the presence of God. Amen? So most of us think that the spirit, um, but many of us think that the spirit, spiritual gifts uh, are just like tongues or power. And today I want us to expand a little bit more beyond that because that those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But one of his primary gifts to us is communion with him. It's a, it's, it's, it's a development of a relationship. Amen? He desires to have an ongoing fellowship with the heavens. And the Holy Spirit is our connection. He's our friend. So, walk in the, uh, so to walk in the Holy Spirit, we must uh, talk to the Holy Spirit. Amen? One of the key things I want to point out also, that he uses conviction, not condemnation, conviction. There's a big difference. Uh, his gift is not just conviction, though. But again, I want to point out it's communion. Look at this, John 16, 8. And, then, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, end of righteousness, end of judgment. So when we think of the Holy Spirit, and I noticed this just as a Christian growing up, we often think his primary goal is to convict us uh, of our sin. Although that is true, uh, but when we read the full context of that passage, look what it says. It continues on. It says that he comes to convict the world of sin and to convict us of righteousness. Come on. We forget about that for some reason. End of judgment, right? So the role is to convict the world of sin so that they may believe in God and bring him to Christ, right? 
He does convict us of a sin, again, I want to say, but he also wants us to convict us of righteousness, right? That we have through him, come on, that we're washed by the blood of the Lamb, that ye who is in Christ is a new creation, amen? That you are the apple of his eye. I mean, there's so much continuous passages of just God is pouring out righteousness. He says, I made you pure. You can boldly come before the throne of God, right? So he's convicting of righteousness as well, amen? So Satan comes, he condemns. Holy Spirit convicts. Huge difference, right? Satan, scripture tells us in Revelation 12, 9, I believe, that Satan is accuser of the brethren, right? So there's a big difference because condemnation leads to isolation. I've mentioned this before uh, a couple of my messages. Condemnation leads to isolation. When you're just like, oh, I'm a nobody. I can't talk to nobody. I'm ashamed. That's what the devil is special. But a lot of us, we, we mix that up. We think that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit does not make you go into isolation. Holy Spirit is the only thing that makes you run back to the throne of God. It's the one that actually makes you come to the light. It's the same thing when you, if you know if in the marriage you screwed up, somebody screwed up, one of the, uh, you know, spouses cheated, whatever it may, may have happened. It, people have experienced pain and hurt, right? But the Holy Spirit, if he's active, he will convict you. He won't, like, condemn you where you're just like, oh, you know what, I screwed up. I'm done. I'm a nobody, right? So, again, I want to point that out. Conviction is what the Holy Spirit does. But his gift to us, more important than that, is just not just conviction, is to commune with us. He, like, wants to hang out with us always, right? So through the Holy Spirit, we have this axis of bottomless well of, like, treasure, life, light, and love. You know, bottomless fries, I thought about it <laughs> at the Red Robin the other day, yesterday, eating. <laughs> I'm like, bottomless fries. I'm like, that means, like, hey, they're continuously going to bring your fries. And I'm like... Well, that was another reason, by the way, the Lord confirmed to me. Funny, I know. You may think, what does that have to do with anything? But the Lord reminds me when I need to preach a certain message. <laughs> so when you have, bottomless well is what I would say is just something that God has given us. And there's so much gifts within that, right? So it's so much just beyond uh, speaking in tongues. Because I want us to get this out of our understanding that it's just speaking in tongues, right? It's the gift of uh, a language, a prayer language. It is a lot more than that. So, and one thing I must point out, he's more important, Holy Spirit is more important than any relationship, any car, any, anything, or more than how many followers you got on Instagram, more than physical looks. I mean, Holy Spirit is the solution to everything. So when we walk, when we acknowledge God in our ways, and I've been talking about that a lot, I know, <laughs> continuously repeating it to myself as well, um, we begin to understand how Holy Spirit operates, okay? And he begins to move in everything that we do, right? So, but the greatest need we have as the Christians is we need to develop that relationship, okay? Amen. When you discover this relationship, oh boy, uh, man, your approach to life changes. Everything changes. I want to give three points um, that help us, I would say, to activate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, first thing I want to point out, which a lot of people have misconception of, but like, how they see Holy Spirit. You cannot have a relationship with the Holy Spirit if you do, if you not, if you do not see Him as a person. Okay, uh, one of the first things we must understand in order to walk in intimacy in the communion with the Holy Spirit, right, is to realize He's a person. You can't you can't have a friendship with somebody you call it. Like, right? <laughs> Many people don't have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit because they view Him as a force um, instead of a friend. 
uh, they see him as a power, not as a person. But Jesus never referred to Holy Spirit as it. Did you notice that? Yeah. He always referred it as he. He will, he, he will be the one, right? The Holy Spirit is a person. So he's not even a, a dove, wind, fire, cloud, force, you know, tears of joy. The Holy Spirit may manifest through all those things. I want to just point those things out so we have an understanding of how Holy Spirit operates. But he's a real person that wants a relationship with you. Like, you know, we have a relationship with Jesus. He wants to have a relationship with you. Speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongues. Many people receive the gifts in tongues, and they, they can live, continue to live as they live in sin. They can have that gift. Um, but instead of learning how to walk with him as a result of that gift. Does that make sense? So when that comes, that's a perfect opportunity to develop a deeper relationship and unlock everything else, okay? Unlock everything else. The gifts of spirit uh, is very important. Praying in tongues is very important because it gives you that time where you don't know what to pray for. <laughs> I've talked about this numerous times, I, I, and I want to bring this up again. Because maybe you will experience that in your life. When I left work and I was supposed to go one place, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm just having this in my whole spirit. It's almost like sickening feeling to my stomach. Like something's going down, and I have no clue. And I have no clue. So I was just like, it's so heavy. And I'm like, and it happened numerous times in my life. And then later I realized what was going because it says the spirit within you intercedes on your behalf. How cool is that? So, and all I did was just pray in tongues. And I just, I was like praying and praying and praying, you know, um, in just my spiritual language. And, uh, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, turn left, meaning to go home because I was leaving my workplace. And I went home. And I was pulling up to my house. I saw an ambulance by my house. Come on. I mean, like if you're a dad or a mom, you know, and I was trying to call my wife. There was no response. And I was pulling up. I saw an ambulance. I mean, that right there alone, right there, I knew exactly. I was like, oh, the importance of being able to have that gift of intercessory, of praying in time. It's so powerful, right? And it was just, I had no clue what to pray for. I had no clue what was happening. But my spirit within me was interceding. It was groaning. There was something within me that was shaking me on the inside, just saying, like, crying out to Abba, Father, Lord, come on, come through. And, you know, Ryan ended up, he was eating, he was choking, then he started passing out because there was a little bone stuck in his mouth. And uh, by, by grace of God, when I walked in, the people were already walking out, the ambulance people. Um, but anyways... Uh, paramedics, there we go. They were already walking out. But I knew right there, I was like, Lord Jesus, I will never, I will never question Holy Spirit. I'm telling you guys today, we have different perspectives. We all come from different backgrounds. People, some people grew up in a, you know, very traditional church where you just like one person prays and things like that. We're like, hey, we don't do this. But there's scripture, it backs up everything. It talks about, the gifts of those and the importance of them um, that, you know, how much it ministers to us and there's times for everything. But never put a line and say, I will never do this. It's very, it's very scary line because there's going to be moments where you're going to be hit with something out of nowhere, out of the blue, you know, three days from now. And you're like, oh, what do I do? Right? So today, may the Lord give us a deeper revelation of who He is and how Holy Spirit operates. Amen? So, um, it's easy to associate God 
you know, with earthly dads. Father's Day is coming up. Cool. Love that. But we often associate, right, like our Heavenly Father. It's pretty easy to associate that. And then uh, when it comes to Jesus, I guess we rely on Hollywood actors or any other movies that you saw about Jesus. But there's some really good ones, too. Uh, my favorite <laughs> explanation of Jesus is, I think, uh, well, Passion of the Christ did a phenomenal job. Uh, but uh, if you haven't got a chance to watch Chosen series, Oh, my goodness. I think there's anointing uh, of how uh, Dallas Jenkins, that producer, is producing those. Because I, every episode I watch, I've never been where I was left sitting just without any feeling. <laughs> like, I move powerfully by watching just how he is portrayed. So, anyway, so we have God as, we relate to God as earthly father, Jesus, based off whatever we may have. Uh, it gives us an idea. But one thing is... We think when we think of Holy Spirit, how come we have a difficulty time defining him? I thought about this last night. How come? Why? Because he has no body. Why does the Holy Spirit have does not have a body? I thought about this and it just it it was like it shook me up. Because he wants to live in yours. My Holy Spirit wants to dwell within us. Come on, church. I mean this is the reason he said he will send because he will be the one that's dwelling and moving through us. Amen. So not only does the Holy Spirit talk, guide, teach, correct, and convict, but he also fellowships with us, right? So we have Father, God, and Jesus in heaven while the Holy Spirit is here on earth within us. Amen. That just gives me so much confidence. That gives me so much joy that we have continuous connection to the heavenly throne. Amen. So, and I just challenge, do not go a day without fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. Allow him to talk to you. You will begin to sense his closeness and the sense of unity uh, with him. It's very beautiful. Like, I want to use an example in marriage, right? Wives desire intimacy from their husbands. Um, although having a house, a car, money is great. Those things are great, right? Intimacy is what truly... Uh, what your wife needs, you know, and it's very important. It's, it's the most vital thing to your relationship. Without your attention and affection, your wife will feel alienated, you know. Um, even if, you know, she has all the material things, right? So I just want to point that out. You can have the, in the same way I want to say, you can have the Holy Spirit inside of you, but feel like he's miles away. I want to bring that up because as a Christians, we need to understand. Just because... Your attention and affection is not there for him. You do not designate that time for that person, right? The Holy Spirit longs for our attention and affection. Uh, and one thing I want to point out, we may think we enjoy God's presence in our lives, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit enjoys our presence even more uh, than we can enjoy his. Our love for God is so small compared to how much God loves us. You see what I mean? Uh, because how much God loves us, like even on our worst days, <laughs> right? But intimacy with the Holy Spirit uh, begins when we understand that he wants a relationship with us. It's a per he's a person. We have to recognize him, right? It's not just some kind of force that is out there. <laughs> yes, he definitely moves in force. Yes, he definitely can do such crazy things, you know, incredible things that people can't have explained, where, you know, all things are just like he can spread the waters, and things like that. So, yes, he manifests in so many different ways. But he, it's amazing that this kind of powerful 
horse, right? That, that person can do all this. But then he was like, I want to dwell within you. I mean, I'll take that superpower any day, right? <laughs> Come on, church. Point number two, a relationship with the Holy Spirit won't go further than our obedience to his voice. Really, really important. Yes. When we are led by the Holy Spirit as Jesus was, we begin to see his power at work in our lives. So um, this does not happen a life without obedience to him. It, it, it's not like you can live however you want and all of a sudden say, I have a really close relationship with the Holy Spirit. No. Um, your obedience determines how close your relationship goes. Okay? Uh, the more time you spend. It's the same thing you can say, I'm married. Well, how well is your marriage? <laughs> right? It depends how much time you put into it. So it's very important. You know, there's things that are very connecting that lead us into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, and uh, oftentimes, Holy Spirit, when it comes to convict, I condemn when he comes to convict, he will tell us, us to cut some things out of our life. Say, hey, be careful. I mean, it happened in my personal life recently too. There's some things I needed to cut out that I realized I'm like, wait a minute. Satan can use anything. He can use my hobby to overtake my desire and steal everything and steal the attention, right? He's, Satan's very clever. Like he said, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, right? So perhaps he'll tell you to forgive someone. You know, if you're here, and I understand, that's a very heavy burden for many. I mean, myself personally. You know, we, we, there comes a moment where you say, Lord, well, the Scripture says, if I do not forgive anyone, if someone, the Holy the God in heaven, Father in heaven will not forgive you. So that really brought alertness to me. But that's Holy Spirit. He says, because I want you to live in freedom. You by saying, like, I will never forgive that person, doesn't do that person any good. It doesn't make, in our imagination, we think, oh. Stabbing them somehow, making them feel good. But in reality, we're the ones that are suffering. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, time to give it up. Let me deal with it, right? Come on, amen? I can imagine, like, going back again to Saul, who's Paul. Like all the Christians he murdered, right? There he is, like, seeing his brothers and sisters together praying. They're like, oh, Lord Jesus. Like, I can imagine, like, the kind of relationship. He's like, yeah, you killed my brother. Killed my sister. Now you're a minister. Isn't that, you see what I mean? Like, there's something profound that happens. The Holy Spirit wrecks all our understanding of how he operates. <laughs> Amen? So, again, he moves as he pleases, right? But do not ignore his conscience. When he tells you, deal with that issue, do it. Write it down. The Holy Spirit is that gentle voice. He's not going to force yourself. He's like, okay, I'm going to get rid of it since you don't have it. <laughs> no. He'll let you do it. Our part always, we always play a role in it. Amen? Amen. Because what happens is, um, what King Saul did, I want to bring that up. He tried to rectify his disobedience with sacrifice. Like, oh, you screwed up? Okay, so I'm just going to bring more gifts before the Lord. Like, you know, the Lord told them when, he, when they were going to battle, you have to clean up everything, you know, uh, annihilate everything, clean everything, don't take any idols or whatever. And he was like, yeah, he did all that. We got the victory. But he didn't deal with things to the root. He did not deal with those little things that he was supposed to. And here's what happens. First Samuel 15, 22. So Samuel said, has the, Lord, uh, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than a fat of rams. This also reminds me of Matthew Chapter 5, verse 23, 24 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother 
or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. Like, God's like, I don't want it. Hey, we can like, you know, Lord, I give you all glory and praise, but I hate that person and what they did to me. Guess what? It's empty. It's empty sacrifice. You don't want it. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. There's been times where I had to do it, where I purposely, I, I got off the worship team and I was like, I went, I was like, nope. Got an argument with my wife, didn't do it right. My spirit, like the Holy Spirit convicts you to take care, you know. that The obedience to the Holy Spirit is so important. Amen. So it's important to be led by the Holy Spirit. The times we're living in, I'm t- telling you, especially we have to walk with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to point out, here's Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 4.1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into wilderness. So filled, followed by led. Whatever you're filled with will lead your life. Come on. What are you eating? <laughs> Come on. If you're like, you're just popping, you know, bags of Doritos. I love to use that as a gap because that was my weakness for the longest time. I had to, uh, the Lord delivered me from that, praise God. <laughs> but I'm telling you, uh, it, it brought impact on my health, on my cholesterol level. I'm telling you, so it's the same thing with the relationship. Who are you hanging out with? Are you walking with somebody that is helping you develop your relationship with God? Or are you realizing that at the end of that time where you hang out with them, you're feeling empty and drained, you just feel helpless? right? So whatever you're filled with will lead your life. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your movement, and your perception, everything changes, right? Um, Because you begin to see things from a different angle, heavenly angle. That should be a a message in itself. Heavenly angle. Preach one of the Sundays on that. To have a heavenly angle, because this is what I'm basing on, off Ephesians 2.6. And God raised up with, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So that means my angle, my perception, the Holy Spirit that moves me, my perception of everything changed. That annoying co-worker Ken at work is now, I'm like, hey, he's going to be Kenny. I'm going to love him. <laughs> your every, everything, your perception of your marriage changes, your, how you view your wife changes. You begin to start looking the best out of your spouse rather than the worst. The Holy Spirit, when He is welcomed, when that relationship is continuously flowing through us, our perception of everything changes because we have a heavenly angle. We're like, whoa, you know, the Lord is like, do this, do that. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So that often leads to a question, how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? The Bible tells us to be actively filled with the Holy Spirit. In Greek, it's being, it, it, it interprets as being filled continually. So it means not to wait for him to come around and fill us. It says earnestly seek him, right? Seek and you shall find. (laughs) Amen? So this means that we need to make an effort to fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit and not just wait for a special moment in church. Amen? When the worship team is playing the right song. Ephesians 5.18, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I just want to use this example because how, how do folks get drunk, right? When, when they buy alcohol, they choose to drink it. If they sit there and ask the bottle uh, to get to them, get them drunk, nothing's going to happen, right? So uh, rough 
example, but I have to show it this to you. If they just sit there looking at the bottom like, oh, nothing's going to happen, right? They must make that decision to actually, even if holding it. I'm, I'm explaining to you this is very important. Even you can be holding, you know, a bottle. Let's, we can talk about medicine, okay? You can, you can have the medicine on your shelf, but if you don't apply it, nothing's going to happen, right? So in a similar manner, our pastors, worship leaders, they do their best, uh, you know, whatever it is to bring you into that moment, but it's up to us individually to open up our mouth and drink of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Come on, you cannot keep your mouth closed in church and be filled, right? I'm telling you, allow Him to pour into you through worship, through prayer, through your participation. Again, if you're sitting like this, guess what? <laughs> the Lord is like, all right, have it your way, Burger King. You know, that's what their slogan is. I'm telling you, it is about our perception of us wanting that. Amen? Come on, He wants to give you, He's like, I want to give you all the benefits of this, Holy Spirit. So I just challenge us not to just go to church to be a spectator uh, watching others, right? Open your mouth. And when there's a moment of praise, even if you're off the key and you're like, uh, I don't want to throw my whole church off, small congregation, I'm telling you, there's something special about when you just pour out your heart before God. There's a song being sung about the Lord. I'm like, what's stopping me? I can jam out to my favorite hit on the radio, and here is, I've, I've heard this song so many times, but it's a church, you know. Like, I will only worship. I like to worship in the beautiful scenery, in the mountains, and, you know, and things like that. That's great, too. That's awesome. You have that set up. But there's something about, like I said, not comparing yourself and being able to say, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get all the blessings. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then one thing I want to point out, when you don't feel like doing it, Key. That's when you really need to be filled with the Holy Spirit even more. I'm telling you, when you don't feel like doing it, you know, it says, open your mouth and I will fill, right? David is like continuously talking to himself, David, ah, why are you so troubled? Trust in the Lord. And as he reads the Psalms, you can actually express all of his emotions going from like a zero to a hero, kind of like, you know, <laughs> From rags to riches, you just feel the presence of God because he's just like starting off like, oh, how many enemies I got. Oh, Lord, devour them, kill them. And then, but it's like, and then he's like, but Lord, but I put my trust in you. Yeah. And then the focus, did you notice that when the Holy Spirit comes in, starts pouring through him, his focus changes from the what's there to what's from over the top. When you're seated on the heavenly realms, when you're seeing things from a different angle, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So oftentimes we crave these distractions, you know, with other things. We try to fuel ourselves with whether social media, TV, pleasures, various foods, whatever it may be. But there's only a void, you know, at the end of this, there's a void that only Holy Spirit can fill. Amen. Only Holy Spirit can fill. Uh, the Holy Spirit always leads a person who is full of His Spirit, right? He will lead you as a, as a result of life for Him. So, Lord, I'm like, Lord, you're my, you're my everything. I'm acknowledging you all your ways. So, filling yourself with the Holy Spirit is not what he does. I want to point this out. Very important. But it's our obedience when we choose to, right? It's our obedience when we choose to worship and to pray and to honor God. Amen? Last point. 
your relationship with the Holy Spirit won't go further than your willingness to trust His Word. Let me read that again. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit won't go further than your willingness to trust His Word. Again, I want to bring any relationship. If there's no trust, there's no relationship. Right? But there's something about trusting His Word. <laughs> the Israelites are running through the desert. Yeah, water here, doing gift here, manna from heaven. And we get one meat, God sends meat, and then they get, boom, like, I'm just imagining. And then they hit the, oh, there's water in front of us, like ocean. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you trust his word? <laughs> right? When you trust his word, it's what happens. God will part seas. You will think you'll never be impossible to turn your, or rectify your situation at work, and this, this horrible relation where your bad decision that caused so many different negative effects. The Holy Spirit, try me. <laughs> Ask me to lead you through this. Amen? I want us to get really hungry for the Holy Spirit today, like never before, to have a relationship with Him, right? You will go further if you stand on God's Word. It's obedience or trusting His Word. It's very important, right? Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. And what did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to do? To fast in the wilderness, right? Um, and you know it's Holy Spirit leading you. It's the very thing I want to point out that it costs you something. It costs you pride. It costs you selfishness. It costs you, it costs you your ego, right? The Spirit led Jesus into wilderness to fast for 40 days, right? Um, and when things got tough, yes, even for Jesus, the Son of God, right? Jesus was tempted, but he did not wait for another infilling of the Holy Spirit. What did he do? Instead, he took the Word of God. And he spoke it. I was talking to Mr. Schmidt earlier today, right, Larry, about the importance of the Word of God in our lives. There's times where you cannot feel the Holy Spirit. You're like you're praying, and it's empty. You're worshiping the songs, and just, I, as a believer, I'm just telling you straight from my own life. You're just not feeling anything. And then, the, when then you turn to the Word. You begin reading this Word, right? There's something about it, you, that when His Word when you begin, because we're, again, I want to point out, we are not people of feelings, we people of faith. All right. Because there's wilderness. There's times where you're in the wilderness and everything is drought around you. You're just like, what is going on? And this is the time where the devil wants us to, you know, make us turn to our emotions, confusion, and say, screw this, or I don't need this, right? But that's the time of drought leads us to the greatest blessings of God. When you go, went through the wilderness, right? It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, right? Through, not around. Guess what? In our life, we will have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Through death, literally. Through death of a loved one. You know, through difficult times. Amen? But then he also gives us preparations. In Ephesians 6, 17, it says, and take the helmet of salvation, and here's the key, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is your weapon, right? This is how you fight your battle, amen? So Ephesians 6 teaches us that on that evil day, get that sword of the Spirit and use it. Because that's how it will manifest His power in His presence, is through His Word. And sometimes you won't experience Holy Spirit in prayer and worship, like I said. And, and that's the time we talked about, you, you almost feel drained, you feel like you're in the wilderness, you feel empty again, right? We're talking about but empty a lot of times. A few weeks ago when we talked on Mother's Day, talking about when you're empty before God. Blessed are those that are poor in the Spirit. Oh, because He can fill that. 
need, when we are empty. But it's, it's a dangerous thing to walk in emptiness. I want to point out, we need to be filled with something. So when we, are, we get everything out of our system, we'll let the Holy Spirit pour in. The Holy Spirit moves in our lives. Amen? So you will overcome your wilderness, right? Because you have the word of truth. Amen? And you will get through that wilderness. Overcoming the devil, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph was in an empty pit, right? Lazarus was in the tomb. Jesus was in the tomb. I mean, I can list a lot. Paul and Silas were in prison. And all of them suffered hardships. We all will have to suffer hardships. It's inevitable. But if the Holy Spirit is with you, you will not stay in prison for too long, church. Come on, I want somebody to receive that today. If you are faithful to him in your wilderness, he will bring you out of the wilderness into his promised land, right? His promises are yes and amen. His word does not return void. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He is with you. Say, I, Lord, you are with me. Say that again. You are with me. You are with me. Amen. Hallelujah. It says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage, oh, heritage of the servants of the Lord. And the righteousness is from me. Right? He will convict us of righteousness. Here it is. Again, a connection. The Holy Spirit not just convicts, but he convicts us of his righteousness, his power, that who he made you. Amen? Because the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to be continuously active in our lives, right? Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet. I want to hear the biggest shout from all that are redeemed, that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's stand up and give the biggest praise. Say, hello, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit, in my life. Come on, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shout a big, great shout. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.